UK state pensions for expats. Um, now, if you're living and working abroad, you're not necessarily retired and you're not necessarily thinking about pensions, but you need to. Why do UK expats, when they go to live and, and work abroad, why do they need to think about um, what their circumstance is going to be? <clears throat> In the UK, the National Health Service gives a comprehensive range of benefits for expats that are living and working abroad. Um, that includes the NHS, for example. But as soon as you become a non-resident, as soon as you become non-resident, you're not entitled to uh, 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 NHS anymore. Not entirely true, but in theory, uh, as a UK expat, as a UK citizen returning to the UK, you can become resident straight away and qualify again uh, by becoming re-resident. But you, you have got that grey area in between which you need to consider uh, for that. But also, by living and working abroad and continuing to pay national insurance in the UK, you're also retaining your entitlement to benefits in the UK. If you're out of the UK for 20, 30 years and you're not paying any social insurance uh, or national insurance in the UK, then clearly you're going to become estranged and, and not domiciled and, and remote from the UK and your entitlement to benefits is going to be limited. However, um, <clears throat> if you return to the UK, you could potentially get that entitlement again. If you're working on a short-term contract, by definition, expats are on short-term contracts living and working abroad, then you may need to come back to the UK for whatever circumstance and, 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 and partake of those benefits at some point in the time. So staying a part of the UK system can work for you. If you go to live and work abroad in another country which has its own social insurance scheme and you're living and working there, there's a complication as well. So there you have an entitlement because you're doing that economic activity in that country uh, to pay social insurance in that country, which can then accrue benefits in that country. But you'll have to earn those and they don't automatically come just because you're a resident. Different countries have different schemes. So again, you've got that a payment for that. So if you're working remotely, uh, whether it's a nomad or just working remotely uh, for a, an employer based in the UK or elsewhere, then for more than three months at a time stay, you should be paying social insurance in that country. That might need your employer to set up a branch or uh, to create in a relationship where there's an employer of record to do that social insurance payment in that local jurisdiction. For more information and guidance on remote working for expats um, and, and the need for local social insurance registration, um, contact us at projectpartnership.com. We've got uh, one of our usual um, watches uh, that's tuned in. So welcome to you, Val. Um, so, so as a UK expat, then let's consider as a, <clears throat> as a UK expat, let's consider what the scenario is um, when you go to live and work abroad. Um, if that's a short-term contract, your employer might keep you on employed, pays you in terms in the UK. 
in which case you'll keep paying UK uh, national insurance. Some benefits you won't be entitled to when you, you're uh, going abroad. You could lose entitlement to child benefit, for example. Uh, so this is something else to bear in mind. If you start paying social insurance in another country, you might want to reduce your liability to the UK. And that involves um, a, a potentially an employer of record to pay social insurance in another country to give your family uh, uh, medical and, and benefits in that new country of residence. Or it could in, in, evoke uh, a, a contract working uh, to, to adjust the amount of social insurance that you pay. Other countries don't have any social insurance system and it's all private. And then you have to organize the medical and benefits system within your contract. And that's something which is a, a different situation. But it's still a, a reason that a UK expat might want to retain uh, a, a connection to the UK. Let's consider a bit more now about uh, what the long-term benefits of uh, national insurance contributions are for expats living and working abroad. Um, a, a, one, of the con, uh, one of the benefits from UK national insurance contributions are the UK state pension. Now, after the index-linked rise again, because uh, the UK state pension is an index-linked benefit, so after the index-linked benefit this year, that UK state pension is now uh, 200, over £200 a, a week, uh, £10,000 a year. Um, that may not be a lot in terms of what your pension or earnings are at the moment, but it's still an entitlement that you could earn. And if you're saving into a pension scheme, it, you know this could be deemed to be a good savings scheme to earn an indexed pension payable after your retirement age for the rest of your life. So the, the limited in terms of there are no widow's benefits, there's no death benefits. Um, however, if you survive into retirement, um, there's indexed pension, which is an additional amount to, to supplement your, your retirement earnings. So that is, is a reason that expats could consider to continue paying uh, national insurance contributions when they're living and working abroad, as well as retaining that option to benefit entitlement in the UK if their family and their circumstance changes. So let's have a look at how that works. Um, first of all, this is a scenario that your employer could be treating you as page earned from the UK and continue to pay national insurance at, at the, um, in, in, as an employee and employer. That's one scenario that would be taking place in the normal course of events. If that's not your situation, um, any UK expat that goes to be living and working abroad can elect to pay uh, class two uh, national insurance um, if they do it when they first go abroad. So if you're going abroad on a short term contract, you've got the opportunity to sign up for class two contributions to continue paying into uh, national insurance. That class two contribution uh, works out to around about £180 a week. Uh, but each year that you pay that, that's a contribution towards your state pension. And for each year, uh, you've got 35 years for uh, that they have to pay into a state pension. So at the, at the moment, with the, the current rate of the state pension, each year's contribution generates pension worth £300 a year to you. 
So by paying class two, while you're an expat, you're building up an entitlement from 180 pound contribution a year, that guaranteed return on that saving is 300 pounds in your first year of, of retirement. Um, but that's only available if you register to pay and maintain payments of class two uh, national insurance contributions in the UK in the early years, when, once you relocate overseas. So as part of your tax registration when leaving the UK, help and guidance on that, contact us at productpartnership.com. To get a state pension, you need 35 years contributions in the UK. Um, the the, the uh, pension age is under constant revision and it's always subject to increases. Uh, so your retirement age could be 66, 67 at the moment and maybe later, later on. Um, but then it depends what your life expectancy is. Um, uh, the older you get, the, the more your life expectancy is and your life expectancy might be 80. So you could enjoy 10 years of pension payments of, you know, so it means your state pension could be worth 10 times 10,000 pounds a year, which is 100,000 pounds. So it, it can be worthwhile. So it, uh, the state pension at the moment is 203 pounds a year, index link, that's 2,203 pounds a week. That's 10,000 a year. And that's an index link pension that's payable from your state retirement age until the date of your death. Let's have a look at the scenario where uh, you go to live and work abroad and there is some form of social insurance agreement between the UK and the country in which you're living. In that scenario, if the country where you're living has got a social insurance agreement with the UK, you could pay into that country's social insurance system for 10 years, say, come back to the UK and use that 10 years credit towards your state pension in the UK. Um, and, and, and that is entirely possible. But you need to verify that that, that is an option that's open to you and, and that it, it won't be um, uh, disabled when the time comes. The, the, the time that you can't do anything about it is the time that your pension becomes available. In some overseas countries, when you pay into a, a state pension scheme, such as Cyprus, you may not build up any pension entitlement. You may not qualify for any form of state pension. However, you potentially do qualify uh, for a lump sum that could be paid out in, in lieu, as a one-off payment, in lieu of a state pension. So again, it's worth checking out the different schemes and the different ways that they work. In the UK, uh, state pension is only, only paid out as index-linked income from the date of retirement. But in other jurisdictions, there may be lump sum options or, or flat rate pension uh, that's available to you. Or the contributions from that overseas social insurance or national insurance could be added to your UK contributions to make up a fuller UK state pension. Now let's look at what you need to do to get a full UK state pension. You need to be living, uh, you need to be paying national insurance in the UK for 35 years to qualify for a full state pension. That could be 10 years from working expat overseas, or it could be uh, 20 years working in the UK and, and 10 years of, of voluntary contributions. 
um, and it varies depending upon what your circumstance is. If you want to review where you're up to, um, the UK government have helplines and you can do a, 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 a test to see how many years they've got you clocked up for and therefore how many missing years you've got. But by the time you get to retirement age, you need to have 35 years to get full state pension. If you're a few years short, you can defer state pension for a few years and to add in those extra years. However, there's a limit to the amount that you can catch up. But the things that you can catch up can allow you to get to the 35 years. So for more information and guidance on uh, what you need to do to qualify for full state pension, uh, contact us at productpartnership.com. The next I want to look at voluntary contributions. So if as an expat, you haven't registered and maintained at least a class two a contribution while living and working abroad, then you also have a voluntary option. This option is also open to any UK citizen, uh, whether they're expat or not, to, to enable them to top up missed years of that. So if you've not worked and you've not received an entitlement to a state pension, then you've got this potential benefit uh, later in your life. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to answer your question later, Ram. Uh, but the 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 um, so the voluntary contribution needs to be uh, made by anybody who hasn't qualified um, uh, and, and got some missed years short of the 35 uh, that they need. Um, if you've got missing years because you've not been working uh, for whatever reason or not got that credit or you've been abroad as an expat living and working overseas, then uh, it could be a suitable investment for you to make. However, the voluntary contribution is a different rate to the class two contribution for those living and working abroad. The voluntary contribution rate is, is uh, over £17 a week, which is around about £900 a year. So it's a lot more contribution, but that, again, that £900 contribution generates you £300 um, uh, 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 a year uh, additional index-linked state pension. So every year that you, you qualify for state pension at the moment, it's worth £300 a, a year. Um, so voluntary contribution is, is a slightly different situation because to get your money back from your investment of that £900, you need to be received a, a UK state pension for three years to cover that. But that's three years of index-linked pensions. It will gradually increase what, what, uh, as that's paid. And that index-linked pension uh, will continue to be paid to expats um, uh, living and working abroad uh, as well. Um, so just bear that in mind that this, this can work for you. There are some exceptions and if you need more help and guidance on your circumstance uh, for the country that, in which you are tax resident, contact us at, at productpartnership.com. So voluntary contributions um, are more expensive, um, uh, but they allow you to pay that. Now, in the normal course of events, whether you're on voluntary contributions class three or uh, a class two contributions, you can always pay up to six missed years. So if you've missed the previous six years, you can catch those up. 
but you can only ever go back six years. So if you're an expat returning to the UK, you've been abroad for six years, but you've not paid any national insurance, you can go back into the UK, start your work, and then you can make it a voluntary contribution for those back years. Uh, and again, that will be the, the 900 a year to, to catch that up. So you can always pay the current year, which is 23, 24, and the back years um, for six years. Uh, so if you're an expat that's going back into the UK, uh, you're coming up to state retirement age, uh, uh, you, you can pay this year's and six other years to give you seven more years of contributions um, on, on, on the, year, the years you've not paid um, national insurance, pension, state contributions uh, while you've been living and working abroad as an expat. Again, more information and guidance on relocating to the UK, your tax liabilities and, and benefits. Uh, contact us at partnership.com. However, one more thing to consider, uh, as, uh, which includes a group, including expats. Um, it, um, many years ago, in the Gordon Brown years, they changed the, the state pension in way went from a more complicated earnings related state pension to a flat rate pension. So when we talk about the flat rate pension um, today being over 200 pounds a, a, a week, um, the basic state pension still remains at 156 pounds. So the, uh, the new state pension is quite considerably higher. It's almost 50 pounds a week higher than the basic state pension, which some people will still be receiving because that is what the entitlement was when they retired. However, uh, people might have had additional SERPs, earnings related pensions on top of that. So some people might be receiving 300 a week as a state pension. Uh, that's the thing of the past. Anybody retiring going forward, it generally is on the higher rate of, of state pension at, at 203. Um, <clears throat> however, as part of that change uh, to remove entitlement from people to higher earnings related pensions there's an extra 10 years of contributions that they can add in and and that 10 year uh, additional uh, catch up uh, the right to that ends this year so in addition to the six years uh, of contributions you can add now any expat living or working abroad could pay another 10 now so if if you've got less than 20 years contribution into a state pension and you're coming up to UK state pension age, you could pay 16 years uh, this year before the 31st of July 23 um, uh, to top up and get an additional 16 years. You could take your uh, uh, qualifying years from 20 to 35 straight away. And obviously that's, that, that, that's um, almost 50% more. So you could take your UK state pension from 160 to 200 at the current rate um, uh, and and you would get the money back on that with the additional state pension uh, after three years of state pension payments so it could still be worth while the payment and again those payments need to be agreed and paid by the end of july so there's two months to run on that so any expat wants any guidance on uk state pension and catch up you need to do that yourself and make those payments. But if you need help and guidance on your tax returns and submissions, 
and advice and, and support to do that, we're available at productpartnership.com uh, and you can contact us there for that help and guidance. It's the sort of thing we would give to our retained clients as a matter of course. And if you want to subscribe as a retained client, go to our uh, productpartnership.co.uk site where you can subscribe from um, £8 uh, a month uh, for our, our starter online retained client service um, up to a full service at, at £30 uh, a month, which includes uh, a tax return service as well. So, in summary, <clears throat> expats living and working abroad, UK expats living and working abroad, still qualify for an entitlement to UK state pension. Um, that could still be an index-linked pension, or it may have some restrictions. That depends upon the country in which you're going to. Uh, there may be a requirement for you to pay social insurance in the country in which you're in, in which case you can build up a uh, lump sum or benefits or, or, or state pension benefits in your new country of tax residence over the long term. But you, as a UK expat, you've still got an entitlement you can build up in the UK. Depends upon the social insurance agreement that is in place between your country of residence and, your, and, and the home country in the UK. For more information and guidance on that, contact us at productpartnership.com. Uh, new expats living and working abroad can make contributions to uh, uh, voluntary class, uh, sorry, class two contributions because they're living and working abroad. Uh, but this is a maximum £180 a week at the moment. And each year that you contribute uh, qualifies you to retain UK state benefits if you return to the UK and get entitlement to uh, a UK uh, state pension, which is worth uh, 200 uh, a week at the moment. So each year that you contribute uh, adds an additional 300 a year uh, to your state pension. Uh, for those that um, have been living and working abroad for some time or returned to the UK or have got missing years, you've got the option for a voluntary contribution uh, either to be paid monthly um, uh, and set up and pay over the long term at, at 17 pounds a week or 900 a year but that 900 a year generates you 300 a year's worth of pension index linked and guaranteed so after three years you get your money back so if you have a long and happy retirement it, it still remains a good investment and security for you as an individual just include widows pensions includes a entitlement for your income your benefit the rest of your life so for more information and guidance uh, on state pension uh, if you want that additional on your circumstance with your country as an expat living or working abroad, contact us at productpartnership.com. You've got to the 31st of July to make up to 16 years of contributions uh, to top up your UK state pension entitlement. For more information and guidance on that, follow our blogs and our pages at productpartnership.com. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. Join us next week in our webinar where we look more about tax for expats living and working abroad uh, and how to maximize savings and pensions in those environments thanks very much for listening we'll see you next time the pro 